Welcome to Kingdom Talk 2.0 Radio Hour with Dennis McCord, founder of God Hope Ministry and Pastor Charlie Avila from Clovis Christian Center. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is King and we are subjects and citizens of the Kingdom of God. Oh yes we are, Kingdom Talk 2.0 every Saturday from 1 to 2 here on Kingdom Talk Radio, that's 1550 KXEX. The best talk in town, because we're talking all things kingdom. We're wanting to dive deeper into God's Word in Kingdom Talk 2.0. I'm very excited about what we're going to be doing here in the next few weeks. We're going to be diving into uh, end times prophecy in the Scripture with Pastor Charlie Avila, and it's going to be a a time to really uh, look and see what's coming upon the earth. We need to be those ones who are aware. We're walking circumspectly. It says, uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. We want to be aware of what's coming, because we're told by Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5 that uh, that um, the coming of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, right? Uh, and uh, But we're told that, that that day shall not overtake us as a thief, because we're not children of the night nor of darkness, but we are children of light. And so we want to walk in the light as Christ is in the light. And uh, we want to be aware of what's going on. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for not knowing the signs of the times. And so we're going to be uh, wanting to be equipped to understand the prophetic scriptures. So we'll be covering big subjects. Uh, we're going to gloss over the different constructs that are out there regarding eschatology uh, and times. The word uh, eschatology comes from uh, the Greek word eschaton, meaning last things. And uh, there's three uh, main schools. There's all millennialism, where they see the thousand years in Revelation 20 and 4, uh, where it says that the saints shall uh, come alive and reign with Christ for a thousand years. They see that as being the church age. So there is no literal future millennium. And then there's a post-millennialism that Christ comes back after the millennium, whereby the church then establishes God's millennial kingdom uh, through growth and through uh, facilitating the uh, Christianization of the body politic, of education, of every sphere of society, and establishing God's kingdom through the church. And then Christ comes back. But uh, the view that we understand as being biblical is historical premillennialism, and that is that uh, Christ is going to come back before the millennium and he's going to establish his messianic kingdom at that time, reigning from Jerusalem and reigning around the world with the saints who have been resurrected in the first resurrection there. So uh, that's going to be an exciting uh, season here on Kingdom Talk 2.0. So stay dialed in again every Saturday from 1 to 2 here on 1550 KXEX. And then, of course, Kingdom Talk 1.0 is every Saturday from 12 to 1. And uh, we thank you for listening in and sharing that. You can go to your podcast. You can go to Spotify. Uh, you can go to your Apple podcast. You can like and share uh, and get the word out uh, so that others can understand what's going on here, and hopefully receive some good insight from God's Word. And so we're always wanting to have that balance of grace and truth, making sure that we're offering salvation and repentance for those who put their trust in Jesus. There's always hope uh, that's being offered, and we're wanting to um, we're wanting to go ahead and, and make sure that uh, when we take a stand on these things, 
They were always offering uh, the olive branch of, of Christ's sacrifice and his mercy uh, for us. And so we're just grateful that we have this opportunity to uh, share uh, the good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He poured out his Holy Spirit to empower us to live a life of obedience with the gifts of the Spirit and that he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. And it's always a privilege to be in the studio here with Pastor Charlie Avila. God bless you, my brother. I'm so glad we're, we're going to be able to talk all things kingdom today. Amen. Thank you. It's always good to be with you to talk about the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And you know, people are celebrating uh, Pride Month uh, this month of June, and I'm really uh, seeking humility. God's really dealing with me about humbling myself before Him, acknowledging my own brokenness, and realizing that uh, you know He gives He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I guess I'm just out of tune with things. <laughs> Yes. Yes. No, as I was walking over here, I was just thinking, uh, before I knew the Lord, you know, I was into a lot of sins. I was into drunkenness, pornography, coveting, gossip, uh, lust, every evil thing you could think of. And I was in a fraternity and we did a lot of ungodly, perverted, rebellious things. But you know, the one sin that was predominant in my life was pride. Oh my God. I was a very proud and arrogant man. I looked down on others. I just pride was was a defining sin in my family in, my, in our family line. We were very arrogant, very proud. So God has a way of humbling us. <laughs> uh, over the years, I've learned that God God sets up things to bring us to humility. He's always bringing that into our life. So. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus said, "Come unto me, yeah, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take Amen. my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek." And lowly, I am humble. I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden. Pride is a burden. Yeah. Pride is a heavy, heavy burden. It's a yoke that needs to be cast off. And when we simply just humble ourselves and recognize how limited we are, my goodness, we're mortals. Yes. You know. Uh, the ratio uh, of death is 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 a hundred percent. Except, actually, it's almost. It's ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Because of course we have Enoch mm-hmm. and Elijah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course we uh, we recognize that there's going to be those who are going to be caught up mm-hmm. uh, there at a Lord's return. So they say there's two things you have to do. You have to die and pay taxes. Well, I'll say there's only one thing. You have to pay taxes. You don't have to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amen. Because if there's a group of us that are going to be caught up, and we're going to be talking about that, Pastor Charlie here, in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the rapture. We're going to be Amen. talking about our Lord's soon return and the prophetic scriptures and how we navigate those to have an, an understanding of what's coming upon the earth and how important that is. Amen. That's yeah. such a critical thing. Such a large part, as you and I have talked, a large part of the scripture is about eschatology and the future. And so that's huge. And it's not so at the end of the day, we can have a chart that we don't even know how to figure out. It's so that we can live a holy life, right? That's Second Peter chapter 3, you know, this is seeing that these are the things that are going to be coming. How should we live? We should live a honoring, holy life before God. That's the key. Well, and... And so we understand that about a third of the Bible is is Bible prophecy. Wow. And wow. so we really need to be looking and understanding. So we're going to be diving into that. So stay tuned. Let your friends and family know and, and listen in on Saturdays from 1 to 2 here on 1550 KXCX. 
the best talk in town. Now, as we are wanting to understand what's going on in the culture, but also in the church, the mm-hmm. culture is trying to creep into the church with Trojan horses yes. of sophistry uh, and uh, theological gymnastics, trying to justify this lifestyle. Uh, we're grateful that uh, Paul said that know you not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, neither adulterers or fornicators or homosexual or uh, effeminate or abusers of themselves with mankind and so on, um, extortioners and so on. But he says, such were some of you. Amen. So in the past tense. So so citizens of the kingdom of God are made up of all types of sinners. Mm-hmm. We see that our calling not many wise men not many mighty, not many noble are called. Mm-hmm. For God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the things which are wise, and the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of this world, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. So so we recognize that uh, we've all sinned and fallen short, and yes. there's hope for those who have been given over to the sin of homosexuality, but we're wanting to offer that hope, mm-hmm. and uh, if we don't have a safe harbor to bring people to, right. if we're just allowing the, if the ocean's just coming in with these huge waves, there's no harbor there because we're bringing all of the world into the church. Mm-hmm. But we want to preserve the harbor. Amen. Right? So that people can come and find peace. Yes. And help. Mm-hmm. The balm of Gilead for healing, the, the application of the gospel of Jesus Christ to find deliverance from sin, a new identity, and be established on the rock mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ Amen. for their betterment, right? Amen. I... I Somebody said, are you mad at somebody because they're ungodly? Are you upset because somebody's a sinner? And he says, remember, Christ died for the ungodly. Mm. Christ came to to die for the sinners. So, yeah, we have to provide that redemptive hope for everybody. You know, Jesus Christ did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. He's not a condemner. He's a savior. That's what he came for. So I love that. The verse is right after John 3.16. The verse that everybody knows about God loving the world, that that's the key, is that he didn't come to condemn people, he came to save people. And so we always want to offer that hope to everybody that Jesus Christ can save. He can save us from our sins. He can save us from ourselves. He can save us from our rebellion and pride. But Jesus Christ is the only answer, and he's the one that can give us the deliverance that we need. And that's the thing. So we we humble ourselves, and we ask God. We say, Lord, if there's any hatred in my heart, see, that's where spiritual warfare Mm-hmm. starts and really be, and ends, almost yeah. ends in the prayer room, in our yeah. prayer closet. Yes. Because we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring to captivity every thought, our own thoughts of pride, yes. hatred, yeah. lust, greed, mm-hmm. uh, what what have you. Yeah. Uh, and we humble ourselves. And then when we've gotten the beam out of our own eye, yeah. then we can go and get the speck, help our brother with the speck in their own eye. And so mm-hmm. it's not hateful, yeah. To bring truth. Right. Uh, it is hateful to mock, like what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were doing down at Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Celebrating pride. Yeah. And in their pride, they were arrogantly and hatefully attacking the Christian faith mm-hmm. and mocking wow. Christians. Yeah. That's hatred. Right. Right. Now, it's a, it's not hatred to disagree. Right. You can you can have a different perspective. We're not going to hate you. Right. I may ha- dislike your perspective. Mm-hmm. I may vehemently disagree mm-hmm. with what you hold, but yeah. that doesn't mean I hate you. I love you enough to engage, and we can even agree to disagree agreeably. Mm-hmm. 
but we're not going to uh, allow confusion and lies to go unchecked. That's, right. That wouldn't be loving. Right. It would not be loving to let someone headed towards a cliff right. following other lemmings off a cliff, would it? Right. The loving thing to do would be to stand in the way, maybe even get knocked over, and say, no, 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 no. Right. There's a cliff there. Don't follow the other lemmings, right. the powers that be that are celebrating pride, mm-hmm. that are celebrating immorality and pushing that yeah. upon the cult, right. and then those who are bringing it into the church. Do you know that there was uh, a, a declaration by uh, over a dozen, I forget how many, I think it might have been 20 or 30 Democrats, mm. Catholics, mm. that said that abortion is fit for their faith. It mm. fits their faith yeah. as good Catholics right. to promote abortion. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, these things are creeping into not just the Catholic Church; mm-hmm. uh, they're creeping into evangelicalism and Bible, so-called so-called Bible-believing churches, where uh, a, a denomination that I'm uh, very familiar with mm-hmm. and connected with, uh, that where these people set up a website, and uh, they were mostly backslidden, not even church attenders, but there's probably a few that still attended. Mm-hmm. And they, it was basically made it look like an official denominational website saying, we affirm mm-hmm. LBGTQ. Well, no, they didn't. The president of the organization had to get up, of the church had to get up and say, no, we don't support that. Mm-hmm. But these things are brought in with sophistry and false arguments. Uh, and some of the things that you cover in your book mm-hmm. uh, regarding Homosexuality. What's the name of your book, Pastor Charlie? Yeah, I have a book here that's available on Amazon. It's called The Christian and Homosexuality. And the subtitle is Understanding One of the uh, Greatest Moral Challenges Faced by the Church. So it's available on Amazon.com. So we're going to dive into that mm-hmm. book here today. And I do highly recommend it. It's a great resource because we do need to be equipped yeah. uh, that we are not children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine by the slide of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Yeah. This is this is what's happening. I mean, yeah. they're literally lying in wait. To, they're looking for mm-hmm. an opportunity to put up a website, yeah. to, to come in and disturb the church, mm-hmm. to find places of leadership and influence and then bring uh, false doctrine yeah. into the church. Yes. And some of them, they're, they're quoting their doctorates. Mm-hmm. I got into an engagement on Facebook that was, I think, profitable, uh, and this this one person um, was talking about you know her uh, doctorate that she had, mm-hmm. and um, she was uh, rejecting those she says that were um, proof texting mm-hmm. to uh, claim that the Bible is clear on this issue. Mm-hmm. Well, it is clear. You know, arguing this issue is like arguing for flat Earth. Right. <laughs> you know, people right. tell me I haven't researched it, but they say there are elaborate you know, explanations on why the earth is flat, right? They go yes. into all kinds of scientific, geological, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all kinds of philosophical uh, reasons why the earth is flat. Well, I'm not going to waste my time on it. Right. But unfortunately, this issue we do need to focus on, even though it really is like arguing for flat earth. Yeah. It's a it's a very, uh, that's one of the things that I wanted to read eventually from my uh, book is something that is so obvious, something that has been for thousands of years clearly condemned by and, and spoken against in the word of God. It's something that's just 
right there, very plain. Now all of a sudden is twisted and made to say something entirely different. It's like, it's an amazing thing. It's, I mean, why are we having this argument? You know, it's, you look at something and it's red and they go, Oh no, it's blue. It's blue. It's really blue. You know, and it's like, how can you even begin to, to talk? Uh, this is like nonsense. So, but anyway, we have to discuss it. We have to bring it up. It is a debate over truth. We are fighting and contending for the truth and the faith. So, well, this particular theologian, mm-hmm. um, has as a trained theologian, you know, she says that at her time in her doctoral course, mm-hmm. over and over, mentioning her PhD in her doctoral course, you know how they spent six weeks course, you know, reading articles uh, written on the Syrophoenician woman and from different backgrounds, different cultural yeah. backgrounds, and all this such, and uh, just all kinds of machinations trying to justify homosexuality. Um, you know, she says in my doctoral program, I learned that there is a world. Behind the text, historical realities such as culture and geographical, of course there is. Mm-hmm. And we all need to take those things into account when we're executing yes. the scriptures. It's important. Um, the world, then there's the world within the text. We discover this rigorous exegetical work uh, and the world in front of the text, mm-hmm. the lens in which we read the Bible, a profoundly different social location <laughs> than even how one would have read it some 2000. Now, here's where her hermeneutic just goes, just uh, Caddy Wampus, right? Mm-hmm. It's completely upside down. So, looking through the culture mm-hmm. and interpreting the Bible through uh, my subjective experiences, that's where she goes astray here. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, my response to her was, "No disrespect to you, Susan. Your theological education has no bearing on this subject, especially when you clearly do not have a basic biblical hermeneutic to discern the error of sexual immorality." Mm. I respect you, but not your position on this mm-hmm. is the irony of your statement. She basically said, uh, you know, I'm for collegial interpretation, mm-hmm. communal. Mm-hmm. But then she says, I don't want to talk to anybody that disagrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and so, so, uh, so she does, you know, theological gymnastics and sophistry uh, to try and build an etymological connection as a foundation for rejecting the clear teaching of scriptures. So in other words, she, she's, what she does is she goes, Charlie and, and our listeners, she goes to the early English translations like Wycliffe, where homosexuality is tra- translated as boy love, mm-hmm. man boy love, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is uh, a false argument because we need to go back not a few hundred years to an English translation. Mm-hmm. We need to go back to the source, the Greek, mm-hmm. in the first century, mm-hmm. uh, the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, holy writ there and what's said there. And for example, as you know, Charlie, you know, Paul in first Corinthians six, he uses two Greek words to describe homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And, and those words, there's hardly a person in the first century Greco Roman world that did not understand these two Koine Greek words to be the equivalent to our modern vernacular word homosexual. Right. Okay. Absolutely Ma- true. And Malikos is figuratively, Mm-hmm. It means effeminate or a person who allows himself to be sexually abused mm-hmm. contrary to nature. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he joins this again in first Corinthians six, nine with Malakoi mm-hmm. and it's the effeminate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the effeminate with arsikonotai. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and it, it means homosexuals and sodomites. The two mm-hmm. words used together express the passive and active participants in the sexual behavior as adults or children. Mm-hmm. And so so we can see that these words, when you study them out and you look at Koine Greek and you look at philologically the other uh, extant Greek 
writings of the time in the culture mm-hmm. yeah. that these words were used uh, for homosexuality. Now, yeah, clearly, and the Bible condemns the act mm-hmm. of homosexuality. Doesn't condemn the person who's struggling with it. Mm-hmm. That's got to be clear. Yeah. So love the sinner, hate the sin. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing here on Kingdom Talk 2.0 um, here every Saturday from 1 to 2. And we're diving into this because it is what they call Pride Month. And we want to help people to navigate these lies and things that are being foisted upon us. Yeah, the word arseno, uh, the, the word arsenokoites is a compound word. Arseno is a, ver- a word clearly that means male. A man. Mm. Okay. Mm. Coitus is where we get our English word, C-O-I-T-U-S, uh, coitus, sexual intercourse. Mm. So our seno, male, coitus, it's, it was clearly defined, our seno coitus was clearly defined back in that time when Paul was writing in Koine Greek, it was clearly defined as sex between a man and another man. There was no doubt about it. There was no question about it. In fact, the way they always translated that in the early English uh, 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 translations was sodomite. So mm-hmm. th- that, that's interesting, right? They would translate it sodomite. It was the word for homosexual. Well, here's the thing, because uh, the word homosexual is a new word in the English language. It really is. Homosexual, that word came into the English language in the 1890s. So it's only been around for, what, a lot, a lot, 120 130 years in the English language, there was no word homosexual. Prior to that, the only word that was used in the English language for hundreds of years in the English language was the word sodomite. Is and that so, right? Yeah. So think about it. Why would they use sodomite to describe homosexual behavior? Clearly because of a reference to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. It was always that way. That, that was the way they thought. Homosexual, again, is a new term. Uh, that's been that was introduced later on. When was it introduced? What was in the, the 1890s? Isn't that amazing? 1890s. 1890s. This goes right to this so-called you know theologian here. Yeah. Uh, who who is trying to argue etymologically, finding a right. link right. to these earlier English because there wasn't even an English word yet. No, there was no word for homosexual. It was always sodomite. They always used the word sodomite. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there was no translation that would use that. So it was it was it was sodomite. <laughs> It just That's really a, the reveals King James, the, old, the original King James, exactly. they used the word sodomite. Yeah. So, and so, so there was no doubt about it. There was no question about it that that's what it was meaning. So, um, anyway, that, that's, it's very clear and there's, there's, there's just no question about it. And he doesn't even have to use that language, Paul, in Romans 1, right? He doesn't have to use the word homosexual. He says men lusting after other men. That's a, that's a clear thing. Uh, women who are going after other women, um, they they left the natural use to go after what is unnatural, mm-hmm. right? So so he doesn't have to even use that word. He's describing their behavior. It's very very clear. I call it the lesbian verse, Romans one twenty six, and then he goes right into that that the men do the same thing. Men lusting after other men. There you go. So, so you have clear. lesbianism and homosexuality, right? One verse right after yeah, that. and uh, and so. <laughs> So we see here that if going on there in Romans chapter 1, um, Paul says, this is a very strong verse, Romans one thirty two. who knowing yeah. the judgment of God, right? I tell you, brother, mm-hmm. that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only those who do the same, but those who condone them yeah. that do it. Yeah. Now, God's been dealing with me about 
bring in the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. And the whole gospel includes the second coming of Jesus to judge the wicked and reward the righteous. Right. Not half a gospel, right. not three quarters of a gospel. Right. The whole, And I have been negligent. I don't mm-hmm. like to be labeled a doomsday preacher. I don't want to be the guy who's out, you know, right. preaching judgment and all that. But this is part of the gospel. Right. Paul says, according to my gospel, mm-hmm. he shall judge the secrets of men. Yeah. Jesus will. Yeah. According to his gospel. Yeah. Right. So, so here, it's good news that Jesus is coming back. Not Joe Biden. Right. right? And not yes. even Donald Trump. Right. Jesus is coming back exactly. to judge the living and the dead. Right. And the good news is, is that if you repent, from whatever sin, kleptomania, mm-hmm. th- thievery, mm-hmm. you know, from alcoholism, yeah. abuse, yeah. hatred. Mm-hmm. If you repent, uh, there is hope. Yeah. But we don't want to condone, nor will we condone, sin. Yeah. Because here and elsewhere, we are told in Scripture that the judgment of God comes upon those which commit these things, but and they're worthy of death. But not only those who do the same, those who condone what they do. That's a very strong word. Mm-hmm. And as as men of God, as ministers of the gospel, right. we're going to be held accountable, aren't we? Yes. And pastors and teachers and leaders are to be watchmen on the wall. And we're going to be held accountable as to whether or not we've warned those who are in danger. In Ezekiel 3, we're told that if we do not warn and they sin, mm-hmm. their blood will be on our hands. Right. Right. Yes. If if we warn them and they continue to sin, their blood will be on their own head, mm-hmm. heads, right? Amen. And so we must, in love, yeah. uh, point to the path that leads to life. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing that here. We want to continue to do that. And so, um, well, let's get into your book here. But before we do that, I just want to go right to Ephesians 5 here. Yeah. 3 to 7, he says, But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must, must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. So Ephesians 5. And then verse five now, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous as an adulterer mm-hmm. has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let mm-hmm. no one deceive you with empty words. That's what I want to focus on here. Yeah. Let no one deceive you with vain words. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look to the word of God. Mm-hmm. And recognize that when that we're going to take a stand, and and we shouldn't allow knee jerk false accusations of being right. a hater keep us from being those watchmen and watchwomen, right? And uh, speaking the truth in love. And and you know, as you're you're reading that, let no one deceive you with empty words. And then he tells you why. He says, for because of these things, the wrath of God there is you, coming upon the sons my, of disobedience. My, my. You go back to Romans chapter one, right? What was Paul talking about? He goes, not only is the gospel, uh, the power to God and to salvation revealed in the gospel, it also says the wrath of God is revealed. The very next verse there, wrath of God is revealed that he's going to come and punish people for their, their wickedness and their lack of truth. And that whole discussion there, the ending up in chapter one and going right into chapter two, he's talking about the judgment and the wrath of God. So we have Isn't to that talk amazing? about that's part of the gospel is the wrath of God. Paul's 
uh, gospel all over. It was talking about the wrath of God. And thank God through Jesus Christ, we believe in him. He has saved us from the coming wrath, right? So, wow. Yeah, it's very. That's right there in Romans 1 where he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? Right. Right. And, and, uh, for the wrath of God is revealed, uh, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of mm-hmm. them that hold the truth in unrighteousness. Right. And the apostles warned yeah. that gen- flee the, the wrath to come, to flee the wrath. Mm-hmm. So, so that's part of, of, of the message that we have and we shouldn't shrink back from it. Um, but you know, you did uh, such a great job covering several things in your book. I mean, you talk about how David and Jonathan, mm-hmm. uh, are claimed to have been homosexual because David loved Jonathan more than the love of a woman, which is just, uh, yeah. r- ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then you talk about, you know, versus, you know, condemning homosexuality, but th- how that those who are lying in wait to deceive will say, well, that's actually talking about idolatry because idolatry happens in right. pagan worship and, right. and, and, and so on. And then also you mentioned about, um, how they're trying to bring homosexuals into the church leadership and this whole idea that you're born gay and that you're born that way, uh, you know, uh, unlike Lady Gaga, that's not true, you know. Uh, so, um, and then, um, you know, just the, the, how that we have a model of what's true with regards to marriage and sexuality between one man and one woman in a holy matrimony. So, Amen. so, so in your book, um, you touch on this whole abomination of Leviticus being mm-hmm. idolatry only. Right. What, what are they trying to say there to deceive? Well, let's let's uh, consider that verse there uh, for just a moment. Let's just actually read it in Leviticus eighteen, um, verse twenty-two. Okay. It's on page nine there at the top. Okay. Uh, uh, what did, what did Leviticus say? It says it says it. Let's just read it. It says, "You shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination." Okay. That that's what the verse says. Mm-hmm. Uh, another translation says, "No man." is to have sexual relations with another man. God hates that. The New Living Translation says, do not practice homosexuality. Having sex with another man as with a woman, it is a detestable sin. The CEV uh, says, it is disgusting for a man to have sex with another woman. Uh, Another man. I mean, sorry, another man. Sorry, uh, with another man. And then he says, there's another one, the ERV translation says, men, you must not have sexual relations with another man as with a woman. This is, that is a terrible sin. Now, and, let me just say this. Yeah, go ahead. You're reading from the Bible. This is not, yeah. Charles, you didn't yeah. go off in a corner somewhere and say, I no. really want to say this because it makes me feel good because right. I hate those people that I'm trying you're to prove, reading. Yeah. You're reading from the Bible. These are yeah. different translations of yes. the word abomination Correct. and speaking of sin. So let's just make it very clear yes. that we, we we hold to the scriptures right? and we're not going to apologize for that, but go ahead. Yeah. So the word abomination, you look it up in the English language, it is the strongest word in the English language for hatred. The, the, okay. the, the, the strongest word, it even it says that. You go, go look it up in an, in an English, a good English dictionary and it'll say it is the strongest word in English for hatred. And so uh, as I say in my book, I don't want to be cynical, but you don't need to be a Hebrew scholar to understand <laughs> what these verses are saying. It is clearly teaching that sex between two men is an abomination, a detestable sin, a disgusting, terrible sin, as these different translations are. You don't need to go in and try to find what the Hebrew word is saying. It's very clearly telling us that this is wrong, that it is a sinful practice. Now, this, this is, is the, the law of God. It's the, the law practice. It's the exactly. act. It's not the, it's not the 
person. Right. It's not saying that that person yeah. necessarily yeah. is that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hatred of sin. Yes. And love of the sinner. Yes. To want to pull, you know, and help extricate cancer from that mm-hmm. person, right? Yes. And so that's why the, the, the Bible is using such strong words, why God is mm-hmm. using such strong words, because of the deadly nature of sin. That's true for a lot of other sins as well that are an abomination, that are, that are strongly hated, that are detestable. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that disobeys, it was detestable. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting yeah. for Adam uh, to take the fruit from Eve and eat and bite into the fruit, because God had said, you shall not eat of that tree, right? Mm-hmm. So the sins that I did as a young man were detestable and disgusting. Yes. And uh, God had mercy on me and forgave me. So let's make sure we, we, we do hate sin mm-hmm. because God hates sin mm-hmm. and he loves God. So loved you. Yeah. God yeah. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus mm-hmm. paid a terrible price for our disgusting sin yeah. for my detestable abominable, disgusting mm-hmm. sin. Jesus died for that. Amen. Yeah. 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 And I, I was saved and delivered from the same types of sins you were involved in. There you go. I'm very thankful for God's grace and mercy. And I want to extend that grace and mercy right now, openly, publicly to everybody else. The same mercy yes. and grace I have received from Jesus Christ Amen. that allowed me to be convicted of Hallelujah. my sin. Hallelujah. And I came to Jesus Christ. I was radically changed. I was Hallelujah. radically delivered. And that was all by God's mercy. I didn't do it because I was some kind of great guy or God got somebody who was going to be awesome for him or anything like that. No, he saved me strictly by his mercy and his grace. You know, there in Leviticus 18, it lists the sins of what they are. Mm -hmm. But two chapters later in Leviticus 20, it lists the punishment for those sins, right? Mm -hmm. And in all cases, all sexual sin, no matter what it was, any any type of bestiality, homosexuality, fornication, adultery, all those sins under the law of God, under the Old Testament, yeah. it was punishable by death. Those people had to be cut off from God's people mm-hmm. to show you how, how serious this was. So thankfully, we are, we are thankful for the New Testament. We're thankful for the grace of God. We're thankful for the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. That's what we're promoting here. We're not promoting that we ought to kill people or anything like that. No, no, no. But we're, we're, just, showing, covenant, yeah. we're just showing the seriousness of how it was under the law of God. Now, um, you, you read that scripture from Ephesians 5, which is great, because I think that word pornea is including all these sexual types of sins, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we get our word for pornography. And so I, I just want to share a, a, a quick story that uh, uh, I met a young man, a Christian, who believed that homosexuality was okay. And so I said, okay, do you believe molestation is wrong? He said, oh yeah, that's clearly wrong. I go, do you believe pornography, viewing pornography? Goes, oh yeah, that's really wrong. I go, do you believe fornication, boyfriend, girlfriend, having sex together before me? Do you believe that? Oh yeah, he said, that's wrong. I go, do you believe that adultery is wrong when a married man has sex with another woman, married or not, is that adult? Yeah, he goes, he goes is that, I asked him, is that wrong? He goes, sure. He goes, absolutely. He goes, the Bible says you shall not commit adultery. That's one of the Ten Commandments. I said, yeah, that's exactly right. And then I asked, do you believe homosexuality is wrong? He goes, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think so. And then I said, well, how did you get that? I go, because there's those verses, Paul will include fornication, adultery, homosexuality, all in the same verses, 1 Corinthians 6, right? 1 Timothy chapter 1, he includes all those sins together in the same verses and 
And they're all sins together. So how can you take fornication and say, oh, that's wrong, adultery, that's wrong, and then you get to almost, oh, no, that's right. No, 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 no. Paul (laughs) included them all together. And so that person I saw was so conflicted in their mind that they could agree that others were wrong, other sins were wrong, but uh, homosexuality was okay. So again, we want to just make sure. And you know, that that is, you know, I'm I'm not an expert. Just because I wrote a book doesn't make me an expert. But I, I do believe that I've done research. I've done the study. I've done research on a lot of different concepts, beliefs, uh, studies, historical studies, and so on about homosexuality. So I wrote this book on the Christian homosexuality. So I have done a little bit of study so I can understand the issues that are involved. But, you know, and and, and I did do this early this morning, Dennis. I went on the Facebook page of your denomination where they were debating this whole thing, yes. right? And I was reading everybody's posts, everybody's yeah. posts, everybody's yeah. posts. And, and, and it boils down to, to there's two central things that it boils down to. And I found that out when I was writing this book. It boils down. The, the bottom line question is, is homosexuality a sin? That's the bottom. That's, yeah. that's the, you, we, you can get rid of my book by just answering that question. Okay. Is it yes or no? Where are we going to find the answer to that question? There's only one place that has the moral guidance, that has the authority, yeah. that has the power to give us the correct answer to that. And that's in the word of God. It can't be defined really by a government because a government can be corrupt. It can't be defined by a, a president or a dictator or a king. It can only be defined by the word of God, God's standard. And I just want to say c- clearly, clearly the Bible teaches that homosexuality is a sin. Okay, clearly. It, there's, there has been for, for thousands of years, the Jewish people for the last 2,000 years, the Christian people have always read it correctly that it is condemned as a sin in the Bible. So, the, uh, and again, I'm just sometimes say, why are we sitting here and arguing over this? So that, that's the, that's the basic. This verse here clearly is teaching that homosexuality is a sin. The other issues, the one that always kind of, I have to have a lot of grace for, is when people say, well, the, the Christians or the people who name the name of Christ who accept this uh, homosexuality who say that this is correct, this is fine, that it's acceptable in God's sight, they are the ones that love them, and we are the haters now. We're labeled the haters. We're the one that hates them. We're the ones that really don't like these people. And I want to say, no, that that's categorically wrong. And just what you said if I am standing on a road and I see that at the end of that road there's a cliff, and if I don't stop people, I'm showing that I don't really love exactly. them. If I, if I really was concerned for that person's well-being, I'm going to say I'm going to stand in front of the car and say, "No, please don't go. There's a cliff right here, and if you keep going in this direction." And so the others who say, "Well, just go right on through. We don't want to. We don't want to mess up your little Saturday drive here down this road." No, those are the people who really don't love because if they knew there was a cliff down there, they would be stopping them. So I want to say that for me, my perspective, I know that there are some people that name the name of Christ that hate the people that are in homosexuality, but that's not the case for most Christians and most believers and not me and you. I believe that we're speaking the truth in love. We're telling people what the Bible clearly says, and it's a very simple truth. And if they label us as haters and mean people, well, that that's their problem. That's not what's in our heart. Our heart exactly. is to love. Our heart is to preach the truth in love. We love you. We're concerned about you. We want you to turn to Jesus just like you and I had to turn to Jesus. That's right to receive salvation. So the Bible 
clearly teaches that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody should argue that. And if there's somebody listening right now that you're struggling with this sin, I have relatives. I have a, I have a niece that is married to another woman. I don't hate her. We talk to her about the Lord. We love her. We pray for her and those types of things. We're not mad. We're not going to get angry at it, but we do tell her the truth in love. She doesn't like it, but we tell her the truth in love and we want to pray for them. So that's why we want to be redemptive. We want people to come to Jesus Christ and find salvation in him. Yes, it is a sin, but we can repent of that sin and be saved and be delivered and Jesus Christ can give us a new life. Amen. And the way to to maximize grace is not to minimize sin. It's the, it's right. the opposite. Yeah. We don't want to minimize sin. We want to recognize the utter nefarious and deadly and destructive nature of sin. Yes. And, and then uh, emphasize the grace of God. And where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And God's mm-hmm. grace is, is more than sufficient Amen. Uh, for every sin that's repented of and, and, yes. and that is turned over to Jesus and his atoning sacrifice covers those sins and he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west never to remember them against us again so even today right now if you're listening and you're struggling mm-hmm. you're, you're 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 in sin of any type yes uh, all sin is detestable and yes mm-hmm. we just say just confess and agree with god yeah and say i have sinned against you mm-hmm. lord forgive me i believe you g i believe that you're the son of god who died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the dead and you ascended into heaven and you poured out your Holy Spirit, and I receive your Holy Spirit right now. Amen. God, I receive that, and I put my trust in you. I thank you, God, and I'm looking forward to your soon return. Just put your trust in Jesus and know that you're received. You are not a second-class citizen. No. If you've had an abortion, you're a daughter of the king. You're a princess. If you've committed homosexual acts, you're not a second-class citizen in the kingdom. You are a son and a daughter. You're a prince Mm -hmm. or a princess Mm -hmm. of the king, and you have a new identity in Christ, and there's great hope for you. We receive you. We love you. We affirm you. Mm -hmm. Yes, we affirm you. Yes. And we even affirm you now as a person. Yeah. That 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 is that's it's if you're struggling and you haven't put your faith in, we affirm you. We don't affirm all mm-hmm. actions. Yeah. We affirm all people. Yeah. And so uh, we're just wanting to be very clear on this. Yeah. And you talked about how you're not an expert. You know, well, you know, you don't have to be an expert to understand that homosexuality no, it's is a very sin. clear. Yeah. Anybody can understand it. You know, but, I I just wanted to say uh, years ago I was in a pastoring in a church in Ohio and we had a young man there who was involved in homosexuality, and guess what? He got AIDS. Mm. Um, and it was a really bad situation for him. But you know what? He turned to the Lord. He was gloriously saved, and he was gloriously delivered. Mm. And he, he did end up dying of the AIDS within a year or so. But I believe that he was genuinely saved. I believe he's genuinely with Absolutely. the Lord right now. And and yes, he did do what he did in the, his past. And yes, he got AIDS. And that was back in the 80s when that was very prevalent and a very real concern for a lot of people. But I believe he was genuinely converted and he gave his life to the Lord and he repented of what he was doing. And so there is redemptive hope. There is there is. Uh, I do believe in it. I, I He was a brother in Christ Amen. to me. Amen. So it wasn't, again, I'm not, we're not here promoting any kind of um, hate towards people. Tomorrow, I'm going to be preaching on Romans 12, verses 9 through 6. And Romans 12, 9 says that love must be sincere without hypocrisy, mm. right? The very, you put a comma and it says, but abhor what is evil? There you go. There, so we have to be people who love sincerely. Agape, that's the Greek word agape. You Love is from God, First John says. Uh, God is love. So we can't agape love other people 
unless we have God in our lives. So he says, love must be sincere, comma, but we must abhor, abhor, hate. Very, it's the only time that Greek word is used in, in, in the New Testament. Abhor what is evil. Mm. How can he say that in almost in the same breath, the same verse? He says we're supposed to love, but it says we're supposed to hate what is evil. And so I think we need to be unhypocritical, be very truthful people, and love other people, but also abhor anything that is evil, hate the sin, just like what we've been saying. Yeah, and then if we find any hatred in our heart, that yeah. we repent and we tell God, forgive us oh, yeah. and transform it ourselves. and empower yeah. us by your spirit to be loving. Yes. And so, see, that's the difference between the kingdom culture and the cancel culture. There's no yeah. redemption right. in cancel culture. Yes. There's, you're done. Yeah. One misstep, you're cut off, you yeah. have no voice, you lose your job, you're done. That's not the way in the kingdom. No. Uh, there is hope we, and there's mercy that's being extended to those who are struggling with any sin. And we're just offering that here mm-hmm. on Kingdom Talk 2.0 and wanting to make sure that we're being redemptive yes. uh, in all that we say and do. Because God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's the beauty of the gospel, right? Is hope. We have hope. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we have a hope. We're offering people a hope. Jesus is the answer. The, the, the same, you know, I found, I found the one who could deliver me and I found the one that delivered you. And I found that he's delivered many, many, many yeah. other people who are calling on, on the name of the Lord. And that's that Jesus Christ is the answer. He can deliver us. He came and died on the cross to break the power of sin over our life. He rose again from the dead to break the power of death over our life. And now we can have a new life in him alone. Then there's those that argue, they say, well, you know, the whole, the, 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 these are ceremonial laws that have been done away. Like even uh, wearing mixed clothes, you right. know, wool and linen at the same time is called an abomination. So right. we obviously in the New Testament are not uh, adhering to those laws. So homosexuality, although it was an abomination in the Old Testament, it's not an abomination in the New Testament. Right. No. <laughs> uh, homosexuality is an eternal issue. That's what I like to tell people. It really is. We read, you started out, 1 Corinthians 6, right? Whoever does these things, fornication, adultery, covetousness, stealing, all those things, uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he included homosexuality in that. It is an eternal issue. We will not inherit the kingdom of God if we do not get saved in the beauty of that verse 11, there's first Corinthians six eleven. He says, that's the way some of you were, you were like this, but now you've been washed, you've been cleansed. You have a new life in the spirit. So, yes. And so amen. we see also that these, uh, this, these uh, many sins are mentioned again in the new covenant, right? right. Including homosexuality. So, yes. So that whole argument that somehow in the new covenant, these laws don't apply is just, is not uh, true at all because we see again in in Romans chapter uh, uh, two Romans one right we see in First Corinthians six we see in First Timothy chapter one we see in Jude mm-hmm. uh, there and uh, and and uh, we see very clearly that this is reiterated as being a sin in the new covenant yes and so but but also. Um, if someone can't understand the difference between a ceremonial law, like what clothes you wear or what food you eat right. from a moral law, like you shall not kill right. or commit <laughs> adultery, then common sense is lost. Right. There's, you can't right. even argue with that person. Or, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so the, how about this whole idea of gay and Christian? You know, you can mm. be, you can be a Christian and be gay. Right. So it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about. Yes. Well, first of all, I want to, uh, I was telling you, we were at, um, an evangelism seminar last week and we had a question and answer and there was four of us pastors up front answering these questions and somebody asked the question he goes what about well how can you condemn 
somebody who is born gay. I mean, if God made them that way, if that's the way they are, then how can you condemn them, you know, for, for being who they are, whom God created them to be? So we want to say right away, and something that I talk about in my book, every study that has ever been done to try to find the gay gene, the gay genetics, the gay link, there's been no study. No, Nobody has ever come forward. Even the guys that wrote, the pro-homosexuals, a lot of those researches uh, that have been done, those key studies that everybody quotes, all of them, a lot of them were done by homosexuals. And even they admitted at the end, we could not find any, any link back to genetics that there was a gay gene. There's never been a study like that. No study by Dean Hammer, by LaVey in San Diego, by the Kinsey report. Uh, none of those, none of them have concluded that they found the gay gene. So I don't know where they find the study, but there's nothing that ever been proven. Even scientifically, there's nothing been proven that That's somebody right. was born gay. And nothing in the Bible, right? Nowhere in the Bible do you find somebody that was born homosexual obviously that's you know not and enough. the thing is you can struggle with homosexual temptation and yes. be a christian yeah you can struggle with alcoholic temptations to get drunk you can struggle you know with uh temptations for adultery yeah. and be a christian mm-hmm. but the key is to struggle to to you know repent and ask god to forgive and to move on so that's that's the thing we you know, we're not talking about an orientation right right uh, some people are born maybe with a proclivity towards certain sins. That doesn't make you uh, outside the kingdom of God. Yeah. But, um, you know, we must must realize that uh, we are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And I have to deny my own temptations, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so so it does everybody else. We all have our own battles to fight, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And Yes. There was a man named, uh, it's in my book on uh, the third chapter. His name is Justin Lee. He founded the the Gay Christian Network, uh, and he wrote a book, uh, I'm Gay and I'm Christian. And he's promoting this. He said he'll come to any church, he'll come to any youth group to try to promote the gay lifestyle. And he says openly that he's a follower of Jesus. He's reading the Bible. He prays, you know, those kinds of things. And he's, he's found in all these things. And so... Again, to me, this is being promoted in a lot of areas, and so we have to be on guard that these people are teaching something that is wrong, is teaching something that is unbiblical, and uh, we just need to continue to stand to speak in th- the truth of God in love. Amen. Yes, and uh, so, you know, here on Kingdom Talk 2.0, uh, every Saturday from 1 to 2, we are bringing the deeper dive into God's Word and into the Scriptures, and because of the deception that's coming upon uh, churches really around the world. We wanted to take this time to really address these things and uh, and bring about some clarification when uh, these uh, lies and deception are brought into the church, somehow trying to justify and endorse a sin that God does not endorse. I mean, Paul took a very clear stand against sexual immorality there with the incestuous sinner there in Corinth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they were prideful about it. Yeah. It says, you don't be puffed up. Yeah. Uh, and so God, it, God's against not just the sin, but then when you add pride to it, that's yeah. very deadly because mm-hmm. then there isn't the willingness to submit to, uh, mm-hmm. the mighty hand of God. It says, humble yourself, therefore be, uh, before the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due season. God will resist the proud. 
and he resists them. He re- uh, openly, actively fights against proud people. Yes. Amen. And so we're always wanting to humble ourselves and to learn of Jesus, who is meek and lowly, and to find rest for our souls. And that's what we're wanting to encourage others to do, is to find that path. He says, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life. But broad is the gate, and wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Amen. So we're bringing the narrow path, the narrow gate to yes. four here. Um, and and we're called to, to to crucify the flesh, to mortify the deeds of the body. Mm-hmm. And uh, Colossians you know, 3, Paul says there, he says, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Amen. Uh, for, your, you, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him. In glory, mortify therefore the deeds of the body, Amen. Uh, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, evil desires. Right? Yes. And so we all are called to carry our cross, Amen. And so it's not that uh, we're better than anybody else or anything like that. It's that let's take up our own cross and Amen. and follow Jesus, and we want to shore up our own standing and shore up the ship with regards to our understanding on this, because there are so many influences out there. that are trying to bring this into, into the kingdom, into the church. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, just as we wrap up here, uh, this whole idea that Jesus says nothing against homosexuality, we, we have touched on that, but uh, clearly, you know, he does in Mark seven, uh, and in Matthew 15, and then, uh, also, just here in uh, this example that Sodom and Gomorrah is mentioned here in Jude 1 7, mm-hmm. we see here, likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns committed sexual immorality and perversions and uh, serve as an example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yeah. So here we see in Jude, verse 7, mm-hmm. uh, that Sodom and Gomorrah are an example. Yes. Of, of what comes on unrepentant sin. Yes. Amen. So there is, again, it's a ter- an eternal issue. Let's always say, you know, don't inherit the kingdom of God. There's an eternal fire involved in it. And Sodom and Gomorrah, clearly it was a homosexual sin. Anybody who reads Genesis 19, somebody sent me a link the other day to uh, YouTube to watch a video of somebody that says that it was not homosexuality, but some other sin. It's like, no, it very clearly says that. But thank God, the good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he's coming back for all those who will put their trust in Jesus. So we're grateful for the mercy and grace of God being offered to all that are listening. No matter what you're struggling with, may you call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved, you and your house. So let's grab a hold of that lifesaver that's been thrown to us. Let's grab a hold of it. Let's cling to Jesus. Yes. Let's build our house on the rock. Whosoever hears these things of mine and does them is likened unto a man who built his house upon the rock. Pastor Charlie, it's such a joy and a privilege to be together. Thank you for tackling these tough issues. Let's gather it again, again next Saturday from 1 to 2 here on Kingdom Talk Radio. That's 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. God bless you all. Jesus is Lord. Amen.